This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Welcome to Maddox on the Mic. Today on the Talking Workplaces podcast, we'll be talking about the current casual landscape, looking at the recent High Court decision involving Robert Rosado, changes made to the Fair Work Act from earlier this year involving the definition of a casual employee uh, and casual conversions. My name is Michael Nicolasso, and I'm a partner in the Maddox Employment Safety and People team. Today, I'll be joined by Chris Sherlambos, a senior associate in the Maddox ESP team. Chris, how are you going today? G'day, Michael. I'm well. Good to be here. Always a pleasure, Chris. Uh, so we're going to be talking today about the Rosado decision in a fair bit of detail. This has been a um, much-awaited uh, and much-spoken about decision. Uh, Robert Rosado uh, involved in a high court dispute, which is pretty rare, um, and that's why it's created such a stir in the employment law context. But there's been a bit of history uh, that goes into the decision, so it'd be great to canvas the history, uh, look at what happened, uh, and I guess where we are today in terms of casual employees and, and what employers can do going forward to ensure that they're, um, they've got their engagements correctly uh, described and attributed. Yeah, that's right. And there's been certainly a saga of this case leading up to where we yeah. are today. So it's been a long time in the making. And I think employers generally, but certainly employment lawyers have been monitoring the, this case for quite some time and some of the predecessor issues as well. But ultimately, I think where, where we'll be discussing today as well, that you know, it seems that we've landed on some sort of clear footing now, which is really, um, which will really assist employers moving forward. So it's good that we've got a good outcome. But I think it's important also to talk about what's happened previously and how we've gotten to the point that we are today. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's right because it's such a such a long history, and, and I guess it's not just it, it goes beyond Robert Rosado. I guess it started beyond Robert Rosado, uh, another mm. individual by the name of Skeen, mm. involving Workpack as well. Uh, yeah, that's right. And... They were certainly busy at Workpack. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, uh, and in that case, involving Skeen, we saw uh, the court examine uh, uh, the working arrangements of of Mr. Skeen and, and make a particular finding. Uh, and then on the back of that, uh, we looked at the, the Rosado arrangements as well. Yeah, that's right. So the Skeen decision was back in 2018, and that's that went all the way to the full federal court um, in that instance as well. And like you said, Michael, in that case, the, the full federal court effectively found against Workpack yeah. and found that Mr Skeen in, in that case was, was not a casual employee um, based on uh, the various sort of characteristics of his engagement. And even back then, and this will be relevant into some of the other points that we're talking about today, and so, and even back then, they were talking about this notion that in order to have casual employment, there needed to be this characteristic that there was no firm advance commitment from the employer uh, to provide continuing and indefinite work um, to the employee. So there, there was that discussion about this concept uh, back in that case, and that has carried mm. through to the Rosado decision and ultimately to some of the uh, legislative changes that we've seen happen recently. That scheme decision happened in 2018, and it also involved Workpack. It didn't go Workpack's way. And then so there was another case that that uh, came to the courts and that involved Mr. Rosato. So in that case, it was similar to Skeen in many respects. So in terms of the actual fa factual background uh, for the Rosado case, Mr. Rosado was 
a labor hire mining uh, truck driver, um, and he was engaged by WorkPack. And he was engaged between 2014 and 2018. And during that life of his engagement, he was actually um, engaged under a series of, of rolling contracts, so to speak. So there was hmm. six consecutive uh, contracts um, that underpinned his engagement um, for that entire period. And in each of those contracts, he was at all times described uh, as, as a casual employee and, you know, yeah. purportedly engaged as such. Um, so the contract said that he was also provided a, a casual loading in, in, um, in recognition of the fact that um, the intention was that he was a casual employee. Now, ultimately, one of the really, I guess, standout or, or interesting aspects of, of his purported casual engagement was that he was employed on a fixed weekly roster. Yeah. And, and, and also, uh, there was actually quite a bit of lead time that he had. So he knew his, his roster pretty well in advance and sometimes months in advance of what his roster was actually going to be. And there was a lot of discussion that was had about that because I guess rightfully so, there are questions asked about, well, how compatible is a fixed roster? How compatible is this knowledge of your work times well in advance? How compatible is that with this notion of being a true casual employee? So yeah, that's exactly. some of the issues that, you know, the, the, the court grappled with in that case. And effectively, it went all the way to the, to the full federal court. And one of the standout points, again, that the, that the court found was that casual employment must lack this notion of a firm advance commitment to provide employees with work. And, and the court said that, that you couldn't reconcile that notion with, with true casual employment. So because Mr. Rosado had that weekly roster, because there were these um, this, this long engagement period all up, because he knew when he was going to be working well in advance, all those factors were taken into account. And the court actually described um, the work that he was carrying out under these uh, consecutive contracts as regular, certain, continuing, constant, and predictable. So you can see all mm. these sort of characteristics. And they said, well, when it all comes out in the wash, he's not a casual employee. Um, so that obviously, again, didn't go WorkPack's way. And I guess to, um, to add insult to injury uh, from WorkPack's point of view, um, not only was it found that, that they had incorrectly engaged him as a, as a casual employee, but the court also said that WorkPack was not able to use the casual loading that it had paid to him to offset any of the uh, permanent employment entitlements that that uh, Mr. Rosada was now uh, entitled to receive as a as a permanent yeah. employee. And yeah, not only an issue for, for WorkPack, um, but obviously for employers around Australia. And we saw a lot of media at the time concerned with that um, element of the decision from the mm. full federal court, which, which said that they couldn't offset, which was uh, what was an otherwise um, casual loading pay to employees, casual employees. So they've been, you know, proceeding on the basis that you've got this casual employee. Uh, they've been receiving a loading to to compensate them for for the lack of entitlements to annual leave and and, and uh, public holidays. Uh, and now the court came along and said, well, actually, you can't offset it. So it did did cause quite a few ripples in the um, in the in the landscape when it was issued. Uh, the entitlements that. Mr. Rosada was now able to receive, given that he was found to be a permanent employee. Yeah, and not just for, for WorkPack, I guess, but it was a real issue for employers across the country yeah. who had been proceeding on, on the basis that you know, they've got these casual employees, uh, they pay them a casual loading to compensate them for um, entitlements that they're not otherwise 
entitled to receive. Uh, and the court has come along and said, actually, yes, you've mischaracterized uh, the engagement and you can't even offset the casual loading. So it had the, had the consequences or had the potential to um, have some pretty significant consequences across the, uh, the landscape for employers. Yeah, for sure. And there was a lot of media at the time about that and a lot of discussion about what this was actually going to mean money-wise for employers all around the country. Um, facing this question about were you were they uh, correctly engaging casuals, but also that they didn't really have that safety net, so to speak, about even if they did get it wrong, could they use the loadings that they had paid to at least offset some of their liability if, if it all went south? Yeah, yeah. And I guess in that context, we then saw, and so sort of taking it, um, taking this discussion out of the court for a moment, Chris, if, if that's okay, we <laughs> then saw at around that time, the, the government, uh, and it, you know, it was partly uh, coincidental because uh, previous to the full federal court's decision, uh, we had those IR working groups taking place in, in 2020, looking at a whole bunch of uh, industrial relations issues, one of them being casual employees. Mm. And so just after the full federal court's decision, we had the government introduce um, what was then termed their IR omnibus bill. Yeah. And that looked at uh, addressing this issue about casual employment, casual engagement, what is a casual, how to um, better define it. And those changes, and, and, and from that omnibus bill, um, the only changes that really made it were in respect of casual. And so in March this year, the Fair Work Act was changed uh, and that introduced a new definition of casual employees. And it really did seek to, or really did address those issues that were, were discussed by the full federal court in the Rosado decision. And what um, the Fair Work Act now says uh, is that a casual employee is, uh, or a person is a casual employee if an offer of employment is made uh, on the basis that there's no firm advanced commitment to continuing and indefinite work. Uh, so it's using that clear uh, language. The person accepts the offer on that basis. Uh, and then what the uh, changes go on to say is that in determining whether the employer makes no firm advanced commitment, that assessment is to be made at the time the offer is made. And so it really did change the landscape insofar as historically we have looked at mm. uh, and courts have looked at, uh, I guess, you know, that post-contractual um, conduct mm. to see what was the true nature of the um, of the engagement. Yeah, and I think so, it's, a, it's a huge um, departure. It's a huge departure mm. about how to, how to assess it because... And, you know, arguably a game changer for, for employers because it really then puts all the focus on how do you document and, you know, what is the arrangement in place at the outset of the arrangement rather than yeah. how does it evolve during the engagement? Yeah, yeah, spot on. Exactly, exactly. And so it, it sort of took the wind out of the sails of the, of the High Court appeal um, to yeah. an extent. Yeah, that's um, right. And then we did see, yeah, the High Court grapple with it, um, yeah, in, in, um, in their decisions. Yeah, so it was it was pretty anti hotly anticipated because you know Workpack um, did uh, seek leave to appeal to the High Court and that was granted, and then this legislation mm. changed in the meantime. So by the time the High Court was hearing uh, Workpack's appeal, uh, these new changes that you just mentioned came in. So it was really looking at it right now with um, with the new definition of of, of casual, um, and like I said before, it was still this question about. Um, what was uh, what were the terms at the outset of the engagement, and and when did this notion of no firm advance commitment um, come into play, if at all? Um, 
So ultimately, when the High Court did eventually hear it, they unanimously um, upheld WorkPAC's appeal and they found that um, in Mr Rosado's case, he was engaged under various fixed term contracts, which we talked about before that, you know, ultimately there were six of them and um, uh, they were rolling throughout uh, his, his entire period of engagement. But the court found that each of those contracts um, meant that he was employed effectively on an assignment by assignment basis. And yeah. they each had very, uh, well, almost identical um, uh, terms in that uh, Mr. Rosado was able to accept or reject any offers mm. of, of, um, of work throughout that period. WorkPack was under no obligation to offer additional assignments or additional yeah. work as, as the time went on. And the court found that those engagements lacked that notion of a firm advance commitment to work. And I mean, they even had terms that, you know, the, the termination or variation of an assignment could, could occur with only one hour's notice. So it just yeah, sort of yeah. you know, uh, was enough to convince the court that they all still had that, um, that those characteristics where um, there wasn't that firm advance commitment that, that could be identified um, as applying to, you know, his entire period of, of engagement. And what the court really focused on, and I guess what's, what's a departure from previous decisions, and then, you know, we sort of mentioned this, is that focus on the wording and the terms of the contract. Yep. So, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, that there was that engagement uh, on an assignment by assignment basis. Mm. So going forward, I, th I think employers need to be really clear and, and use that clear language that um, the engagement for a casual employee is on a shift by shift basis, for example. Mm. Uh, or, or an assignment by assignment basis to, to use the exact language. Mm. You know, use that, use that language of there being no ongoing obligation to either offer or, or accept uh, a, a, a shift. So mm. if that language is in the contract, and this is what the High Court really um, hooked onto, was the clear terms of the contract, which did indicate that there was that absence of a firm advance commitment. And I think that, that's, a, that's quite a shift, you know, in, in, the, in the jurisprudence of uh, mm. employment contracts that we've seen in Australia. Yeah, definitely. And I think hand in hand with that, I think the other thing that employers should take away from, from, from the decision and from, from, I guess, legislation change as well, is that it's not, going to, it's not going to negatively affect their ability to say that someone's a casual just because that casual is on a roster arrangement mm, or they, you know, yeah, they exactly. publish rosters yeah. in advance. Because like I said before, you know, that's this notion of, is that, can you reconcile that? Can you be a casual and still be on a roster because in the real world that happens all the time. Casuals do have a roster because they, you know, they need to sort of plan in some ways, both the employer and the casuals need to plan when they're going to be available and when they're going to work. So another big yeah, takeaway yeah. I think from this is you don't need to worry about having casuals on, on rosters or, or publishing rosters in advance because provided that you've documented the casual arrangement from the outset properly and those initial terms of the relationship um, don't, provide for that advanced commitment um, to ongoing work, then, then you'll, you'll be safely able to operate under, under these provisions, I think. So I guess, you know, we've had a really clear um, uh, decision from the High Court about Mr Rosado's employment. And I think it's important just to, um, I guess, emphasise there's been some further changes in the Fair Work Act in relation to casuals, and that's in respect of um, casual conversions mm. uh, and the ability to, to convert from a casual uh, appointment to a, to a permanent employment. And that's, I guess, the second limb of the changes that were introduced uh, earlier this year. So remember we said that you know, um, a casual 
uh, would be someone who's employed or who's engaged at the time with no firm advanced commitment. So it's really looking at what happens at the time. So in, in effect, a casual employee will remain to be a casual until they are converted to permanent employment. Uh, and so for employers with more than 15 employees, they must make an offer. So there's an, an obligation on employers now to make an offer of casual conversion if the employee's been employed for um, 12 months and for at least the last six months, they've worked on a regular pattern of hours on an ongoing basis, which could continue. Mm. And so if the job would cease within a year um, or if their hours will decrease or there may be changes to availability, then that can be reasonable grounds to not offer conversion. Yeah. But um, there is an obligation to still um, communicate with the employee in those circumstances and say, okay, uh, we've made this assessment to, to not offer you conversion to permanent employment because uh, we have reasonable grounds to not do so. So there's still there's documentation requirements. There's an, an, um, an obligation to, to make the offer. And so that's been a significant change as well. For, for small business employers, uh, there's no need to offer conversion, but employees can request conversion uh, in, in those in similar circumstances as well. Yeah, that's right. So really, yeah, really significant changes. I think operationally for for employers uh, on the back of Rosado and the and the change to the Fair Work Act. Yeah, and we've had lots of conversations with um, with clients about these conversion obligations now because it also raises a practical point in terms of the way that they manage their businesses to actually in some cases need to set up systems that they're tracking their casual workforce so that they can make yeah. sure that they're offering they're making these permanent offers when when the trigger arises um yeah exactly because like you said the obligation now falls on the employer to actually lead that process yes the employee yeah. can request it at certain times as well um but yeah. they need to make sure that 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 they tick off on um those trigger points when when they need to offer it to them and, and to go through that process with them yeah and that, that trigger is tw it's actually 21 days after the end of the 12 month period so once the employee once the casual has been employed for, for 12 months yeah uh the obligations on the employer to to, to do so within 21 days yeah. So that's been a really, uh, really useful discussion today, Chris. Thanks for thanks for your time. I think Rosado, while you know, like we said, um, it probably had less significance given the casual changes to the Fair Work Act from from March. Still, a seminal decision in regards to how the High Court approached the construction of the contract and, and made uh, the the terms of the contract um, such a priority. So, as we said, you know, the key takeaway, I guess, for employers is to to have a look at employment arrangements for casuals. Have a look at the terms of employment. Make sure that there is clarity that it is a shift by shift or, or an assignment by assignment basis. Make sure that there is that uh, ability to either accept or reject shifts uh, and really take that opportunity to, to revisit the terms of employment. The, the changes to the Fair Work Act, I guess, do warrant um, not only the casual conversion stuff in terms of timing, but again, looking at the terms on the uh, commencement of the relationship, that they are elevated um, on the back of, uh, of those changes as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last thing that I'd say on the point of the casual conversion is that um, in, like you say, Michael, in, employers should have a look at their contracts as well to make sure that you know they're up to date with their definition of casual and, and those points. But also, um, even if employers have pre-existing casual conversion clauses or, or processes in their contracts, in their enterprise agreements, or even in the mm. awards that cover their workforce, they still need to make sure that those are now in line with these new um, amendments to, to the Fair Work Act. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's actually been a whole raft of changes to awards 
on casuals, uh, casual conversion as well, uh, to, to coincide with those changes. Uh, and we might need to save that for another uh, another podcast in the future. There, oh, look, we could talk for hours, can't we? <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's just such a riveting topic. And <laughs> I hope you have also enjoyed uh, this topic. So we thank you for listening uh, and we hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you do have any questions arising from either the Rosado decision, the changes to the Fair Work Act in respect of the definition of casuals or casual conversion, please don't hesitate to reach out to Chris, myself, or a member of the Employment Safety and People team. And as always, if you like this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the Mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.